Welcome to day 187 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Isaiah chapters 13 through 15. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 12 brought Isaiah's interaction with King Ahaz during the threat posed by Aram and Ephraim to a close. Chapter 13 begins a lengthy section of the book that will extend through chapter 27 and is usually given a title like Yahweh is the sovereign ruler over the nations or the oracles of God against the nations. In this section, several prophetic oracles are spoken against 10 different nations, beginning with Babylon, and then moving on to Assyria, the Philistines, Moab, Damascus, Cush, Egypt, Tyre, and others. The oracles begin appropriately with the two biggest threats in the book of Isaiah, Babylon and Assyria. Now, if you've been paying attention to the historical context of Isaiah, it should be surprising not only that Babylon comes first, but that it's mentioned at all in this first section of Isaiah, dated in the 8th century BC, 200 years before Babylon arose to become such a significant threat and ultimately a captor of Judah. I think it's likely that these chapters contain several oracles from Isaiah, the original prophet, but they they have been edited together with reflections about all the nations Judah faced over three or four centuries. So why start with Babylon? Well, it's clear that Babylon holds a unique place in the imagination of the Judean people, and their prophets in particular. There are certainly a number of reasons for this, but one of them is the uniquely alluring nature of Babylon. As I say often about Babylon, the primary concern the Judeans had when they were in exile was not extermination, but assimilation. The wealth and prosperity of Babylon made it attractive, and it had the ability to integrate a number of different cultures and religious traditions in its life. Sometimes I'll say, when you live in Babylon, your primary fear is not that your children will be persecuted, but that one day you'll wake up and your children are no longer the unique people of God living in Babylon, but they've just become Babylonians. In the New Testament, John the Revelator chooses Babylon as the representative of his prophetic critique of first century Rome in the book of Revelation. In fact, chapter 19 of Revelation, a chapter that describes the fall of Babylon, borrows a great deal of language from this section of Isaiah. So scholars think this oracle against the nations begins with Babylon because its particular arrogance and sensual appeal embodies all that the prophets see as most dangerous about the various empires. If Babylon can fall, then all the other small nations can fall too. Notice that the phrase day of the Lord is used twice in the chapter, both in verses 6 and 9. This term became very important in the imagination of the prophets. The day of the Lord is coming when God will bring about a great reversal. The haughty nations like Babylon will be judged and humbled, and the oppressed nations like Israel and Judah will be ransomed and vindicated. That inversion or vindication is celebrated in chapter 14. Babylon showed no compassion or mercy toward Israel, but now God will have mercy upon Judah and all the oppressed. Babylon will experience a great reversal from pride to barrenness, and Judah will experience a great reversal from suffering to compassion and flourishing. Notice that on their way back from exile, God's people will be accompanied by immigrants or non-Judeans who, in God's mercy, will be linked to the redemption of the Jewish community. Verses 3 through 23 contain a fascinating poem that functions like a funeral dirge for a great ruler that has instead been inverted into a celebration and taunt of the now dead oppressor. 
Notice that the trees celebrate the ruler's death because they're no longer cut down. Nature is no longer oppressed. Even Sheol, or the underworld, celebrates the arrival of this tyrant. All the other dead, exploitative rulers awaken, and their ghosts greet their new arrival with this statement. Even you've become weak like we are. You are the same as us. Your majesty has been brought down to the underworld. How the mighty have fallen. This text knows something we should know from history, and that is that power and authority based on threat and then lived out in self-centered opulence and exploitation, it cannot long endure. And when it's gone, rather than honoring those leaders, the people celebrate their demise. The one who exalted themselves will be brought low. Verses 24 through 27 include Assyria in the judgment against the nations, and then the continual local threat to Judah, the Philistines, are addressed in verses 28 through 32. The Philistines might rejoice with the demise of Assyria because the great empire is a threat to them as well, but they should not rejoice but weep and wail because although they aren't the empire Assyria is, their forms of oppression mirror those of Assyria, and they'll experience the same fate. Chapter 15, and later tomorrow chapter 16, turn to Judah's consistently pesky neighbor Moab. It's not so much an oracle of judgment as it is a lament over Moab's surprising destruction. It imagines refugees fleeing Moab and resources being used up and burned up. The chapter ends with the refugees not finding help, but instead being threatened by lions. The lament carries over into our chapter, chapter 16, for tomorrow. These chapters invite us to believe that history matters to God. God pays attention not just to his own people, Israel or Judah, but also pays attention to the ways nations and empires use their power, handle their resources, and either care for or end up exploiting the poor. This section serves as both a warning and a promise of hope that God hates those who misuse the authority he has granted them, and he will not let injustice stand for long. This is bad news for those who misuse their power, but this is good news for the oppressed, like Judah in the 8th and 6th centuries. It's good news to all of those on the margins of society today. We continue through the oracles against the nations tomorrow. We're reading chapters 16 through 18. Talk to you tomorrow.